Hey everybody and welcome to Sunny16. Uh, this is Aid, one of your hosts for this week uh, and you are listening to show 167. Uh, we sadly, sadly have no Rachel uh, this week because she is gallivanting across Eastern Europe doing educational stuff i think um but uh graham and i are here and uh it's just going to be us so we've had lots and lots of exciting stuff going on on the podcast recently um and thank you to all of you for your feedback especially those of you who gave us positive feedback (laughs) which is pretty much everybody can only think of one person who didn't (laughs) and you know who you are um uh, but uh, generally speaking uh we've had a load of fun doing the assignment for self-portraits um and uh well uh, as you could hear um, i was going to say the dulcet tones of my my my, but it's more laughter my my laughing co-host uh is of course graham this week how you doing buddy i'm doing very well we were talking before we started recording i can't remember the last time it was just you and me doing a show together this is this is an old school throwback it is a bit isn't it um and uh yeah it's nice actually it's yeah it's nice to have a bit of a change i mean i having last week not spoken to you guys for about six weeks um you know uh, it was great to catch up but yeah it's slightly different this week we're not about assignments this week you know just about a bit of catch up bit of a yeah real, i think we'll probably relax into it this week won't we yeah i think so well it's like we were saying it's for many kids across the country it's um first day back at school and you know like like everyone on their first day back at school it's like well what did you do with your holidays and you you've been up to stuff and i've been up to stuff and we haven't had a chance to talk about any of this stuff on the podcast because of doing the assignment um so you know it's it's good to catch up i mean we might not be out you know educating people across the world like rachel is but you know we're doing our own little things aren't we <laughs> well i like to think so i like to think so yeah it's it's been in yeah it's been an interesting summer um i guess yeah as we record this at the beginning of september uh yeah um uh yeah back to school week um and i've been back to work uh but we had our break and i think i've talked a little bit about that on the show uh but yeah it's been good good to have uh you know good to be out and about um yeah, good. Really enjoyed the the summer, and um, you know, looking forward to wherever we take this next. We're going to have to, I suppose, at some point, aren't we? Uh, do uh, what well, do do a plan? Um, we're going to have to do. <laughs> um, we're also going to have to do, a, especially, a plan for the next assignment. But ah, oh, I'm as I say, relaxing into it this week. We don't have to worry about that for now, do we? No, no. Although you know, cogs are already starting to turn on that one. Um, you know, your holiday was a little while ago now, uh, and I've been because we've only been really apart from briefly last week I mean, before and after the show, but we haven't had much chance to catch up properly. And I actually did want to chat to you about what you did whilst you were away on holiday because you have been continuing your big Instax loving, and I don't want to hear how that went with the holidays. Uh, well, in, in a nutshell, it, it fitted in nicely. Um, but <laughs> I guess this is, you know, uh, a, a podcast, so I should probably say a bit more than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> lovely, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was great at the end. 
no so we yeah uh yeah so i chose for our family holiday which was uh, a tour around different parts of france um i chose to shoot instax as my main film stuff in fact actually as my only film i i also took uh, a couple of digital cameras because uh, you do always take the uh, the waterproof one with me because yeah you can throw it in the sea throw it in the pool we didn't go to the sea this time but it definitely spent some time at the bottom of a pool <laughs> uh and uh that's always good fun uh you, and as i've said many many times uh, with a camera like that you can just get shots and videos that you could never get anywhere else and for capturing family holidays it's just awesome yeah. Uh, then uh, yeah but that I was trying to focus on I really wanted to do a photo album of our holiday um, and so actually I have a big shout uh, a big request out to, to, the, the, to the listeners please for today actually which is listeners if you know any really good ways of presenting Instax Square um, that would be great if you know any really good photo albums or anything else like yeah, or photo frames or anything like that. Any good products out there, I'm well up for them. Um, I've got about 80 odd, uh, I think 80, 80 odd shots that I took on Instax, um, many of which I would be happy to include. I'm glad to say I, many of which I would be happy to include in a photo album. So, you know, um, uh, that's something I'm looking to do. And I'm doing my own research at the moment. Um, as well but happy to hear about great products that other people have got so So. remind me again which is your instax square camera that you've got it's the lomo instant square it's it's the folding one and that's the only film camera that you took away with you on holiday Mm, let me just think that through yes it is yes and and it and clearly i mean you got through 80 shots that it performed well throughout then uh yeah uh I, it uh, uh would i say i bonded with it <laughs> the trouble with all of these instant cameras is that they they they're so petulant <laughs> <laughs> just when you think you you've got a working relationship settled they go and have a tantrum on you um but yeah no, i i was much better at getting good yeah getting it to do things like proper exposures uh by the end of the trip uh so yeah familiarity bred uh, better results let's say um has it cuz i mean this is quite i i'm actually quite fascinated by this because this is kind of a, quite a good stress test for you and the camera and you know and lamography stuff in general is not always you know build quality isn't always the highest order on things um so did you find that you you is it a camera you enjoy using at a fundamental level Hmm. Uh, I that's that's interesting. Um, there are a lot of things I enjoy about it. I think it's got quite a good lens on it. Uh, it's a glass lens, mm-hmm. um, so so you can get you you can make much more of the resolving power of the film than you can do on uh, some of the Fuji cameras, which gen- generally have plastic lenses. Um, I like the fact that it's a reasonably sized format of, uh, of instant film, um, but it still folds up. Uh, and if you've got you know, board shorts on or, or, or even just jeans with decent sized pockets, you can actually fit it in your pocket. Really? Um, How yeah, big you, you a pockets can. do you have on your jeans? Well, you know, um, uh, I had to have somewhere to fit all the croissants. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the same time, I hope. 
uh, well, it, uh, uh, some some of my photos have interesting textures <laughs> and a buttery soft feel to them. Um, it, uh, it, it's uh, it is it does actually it's surprising how flat it can be. So it, it it ends up being a square sort of sort of I guess maybe five inches square, but it's only an inch and a half deep when you fold it up. And so it, it actually you know it, it's surprisingly pocketable. Let's say yeah. Um, uh, as 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 long as you're not wearing fashionable skin tight clothing, but um so so it's easy to ha- it's easy to take with you it doesn't weigh anything so you can just you know carry it around without any bother um it, it's not super precious because of course it's not a massively expensive camera uh so so it's not like it, it's not like a Leica where you, you you'd be afraid to put it down on a rock or anything like that you know um, um and then there are the downsides <laughs> um it sometimes the exposure really is is unexpected <laughs> let's say yeah. um uh and uh it, you know that's and but that's really the only thing i didn't get on with it so well i mean there are some things i think it would be nice to have um you know it is slightly trickier to use it with uh with uh, speed lights uh, because it's got no triggering system other than the little flash on the front of the camera so so that you, know, you you it it's difficult it's a bit more difficult to be creative with if speed lights are your thing yeah um uh and it's a bit frustrating in that sense as well because not only just triggering them but it has two apertures and and you can't set which aperture so it's very difficult to meter for your lighting as well um, although to be fair, if as long as you keep the ambient reasonably low, um, it'll switch to its bigger aperture, and you know what that is, and therefore you can you you can set the lights for that. So so it's not the end of the world. Um, but as a as a holiday point, uh, yeah, as a holiday point and shoot camera, it's fantastic. And of course, you get yeah, it's loads of fun, isn't it? In, instant film is loads of fun, and yeah, everybody likes to see it develop, and you know, and and then you got something really tangible at the end of it too. So yeah, it's, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It sounds like it's um, because you your previous experience with the Instax has always been quite. Uh, you've always loved the the medium but you've had real issues with the cameras in the past you got very frustrated with your um fuji instax neo classic or whatever one it was you had um and it certainly it sounds more wholesale positive with this not just in terms of the results but also you're just not getting frustrated by actually using it i'm guessing that's because you have more control over it uh, there are some controls not as many as i would like but there are some controls but you know if at some point you've got to say it's okay to not have full control you know it's it, it i think i don't know i think i think uh, you know i i said all that stuff about my fuji mini whatever it's called um and but i never got rid of it and i still do use it mm. um uh and uh, i think i think i've reached a, a, a an inner peace <laughs> whereby i think i understand enough now about the, the how the fuji instax film works that you know what i wouldn't want the best camera yeah i wouldn't want ultimate control because even if i had ultimate control i'm still not going to get 15 stops of range out of it <laughs> yeah um, because the film just doesn't do that and even if i had the best glass lens ever it's going to be no better than the glass lens on the cheap plastic camera i've got because the film has a limit to what it can resolve yeah it's so in- I think it's one of those things you have to embr- you have to embrace it as a medium. 
Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I actually got, had an opportunity to get my hands on and have a quick play around with um, one of the Mint uh, Instacon Instacon RS. Oh right, okay. Um, the the the, uh, the rangefinder one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, we'll that, talk about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I want to hear more about that. That that's the one that shoots the Instax wide, isn't it? And yeah, it is. It's an actual proper camera and and costs many hundreds of pounds. It does cost many hundreds of pounds. Yeah, and um I I I'll talk about who I was catching up with later because it was a fun uh, fun experience, but um yeah, as you said that I mean that is at the moment that is the top of the tree for shooting instant, certainly in terms of cost, um unless you're putting a an instant back on you know a Hasselblad or something like that, um, and it's nice, um, uh, and I'm sure that there are certainly situations where you could shoot it where where its advantages would really shine through, but for just kind of general shooting for going out taking more kind of snapshotty stuff, I'm not sure I could see huge gains over an ordinary Instax wide um, because of the thing that you said as of what that film is capable of doing, you know, in terms of its dynamic range, in terms of its resolving power and all of these things. There is a hard limit to that. And um, whilst the, you know, the uh, RF Instacon is very nice, um, some of the results that I saw from it, they were they were good, and and you've obviously got far more control to make more choices with regards to exposure and stuff like that than you have with um, the Instax wide. But um, it, it, yeah, I'm not sure I saw eight hundred pounds worth of difference. Mm, in interesting, some of them. Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But still, it was it was definitely good to get my hands on that. But um, do you think you is the uh, Instax the Lomography Square? Has that reached the point of satisfying what you need from an instant camera, or or are you still thinking, nah, if if another one came out next year and had these other things, I would upgrade? Oh blimey! Uh, so uh, I think I think um, I I think it would be it would be it would fit better for me if I was able to remotely trigger lights with it. So I know, for example, uh, at least I think I know that the Lomo Instant Wide, which is a more rangefinder style camera, it's got no rangefinder and it's zone focusing, but it's a rangefinder style camera. Um, I think that has a a PC sync port in it um, that you could use to trigger lights. So that yeah. might be that might be fun, and then you get access to the bigger uh, fit, uh, stuff as well. I, I think, although I, I am the more I, I think about it, the more I'm tempted to try the uh, the Polaroid stuff, the Polaroid originals. Yeah, um, uh, and which is uh, which, which in some ways tells me that I am relaxing into the whole world of instant photography now because that would have frustrated the hell out of me previously where I, I wouldn't have been able to trust what it was going to look like. But now the, they've got new cameras, they've got uh, the film is, is much more consistent now. Mm. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, and 
uh, it, it might be fun. Um, I mean, I haven't got a camera and I haven't got any film, so I'd have to go out and buy those. But, you know, they're, they're not earth-shatteringly expensive, the cameras or uh, I, the film. I think I may have a Polaroid camera I can send your way. Oh, well, I opened they, the box well, the other way. Why are there three Polaroid cameras in here? I'm, sorry, I'm pretty sure I've got to play with a Polaroid camera. Well, that would be very kind of you. So, yeah, so, I mean, so, something like that, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, Um I, I I think I, I like the one I, I like the one I've got. Um, I mean, yeah, and the fact that it folds up into something that is reasonably carryable is good because you know your 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 bigger Lomo ones and your bigger Fuji ones and your bigger Polaroid original ones and and your bigger old Polaroid ones. Uh, most of them don't fold up to to something small and manageable, do they? No, no, but, they don't. Unless you've got something fancy like the SX seventy, then. Yeah, and I, and 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 I have thought about buying an SX seventy. I yeah, you know, I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, I think though it's for me it's insofar as kit and medium goes, I think it's an area of creativity and experiment for me. I'm not looking to make you know uh, pixel perfect images, <laughs> yeah. if I may use that phrase. Um, you know, on, on on that as a medium, so so it occupies a space. It occupies a different space, and I have different cameras where I can produce something that. Where if I need to be something that's more accurate, I have many cameras that can do more accurate work. So I so I think, yeah, it's just fun. It's relaxing. You know, yeah. No pressure. No pressure. I think, given your your mental shift in that direction, I definitely think Polaroid is worth giving a go now. For all the reasons you said, I mean, for the fact the film has definitely stabilised a lot, um, and I think the thing with the, the Fuji film is, and the Fuji film is great, uh, the Instax film is great, um, but it is quite sterile in the way it presents things and obviously if you've got a more characterful lens on the camera that makes a big difference but um when it doesn't work it kind of it tends to not work in the just like oh that's no good kind of way there's not a lot of um leeway whereas with the um polaroids you you get a bit more of that kind of holger aesthetic as well with it um especially with the older cameras with the older lens and stuff i i think i think you might have some fun with it um i've been out with i i've definitely taken pictures that i'm had fun with with the Polaroids, you know. I've been out just taking boys around places and just done photo shoots with them in the past and taking pictures at weddings. And yeah, they they turn out pretty well quite a lot of the time. It's um, yeah, we'll definitely need to wing one down your way. And you can get hold of Polaroid films so much more easily now as well. It's you know, pops up everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. True. True. So yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm. Uh... That, that that that's mostly been my whole summer in terms of film photography. I I don't think I've shot anything else all summer other than Instax. So, um, you know, been enjoying that, and and uh, it's a good it's a good summery thing. Whether whether I'd enjoy it so much in the winter when there's less light, at least in in this country, that there's a lot less light in the winter, and and whether the film would respond quite so well in those circumstances, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there's only one way to find out, of course, which is to try. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, it feels like you need a new challenge with your instant film now. I mean, you've you've done your yourself portrait with instant, and you've had your, you know your holiday camera of choice. What is going to be the next challenge for you? What is the next hurdle you want to leap over with your instant film? Well, I think I'm looking forward to doing uh, more of our assignments that way. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I I'd like to do. Uh, I'd like to do maybe a photo walk where I just give away all the photos that I take. 
Um, I'm interested in that as an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you got um, a good way of making copies of them before you give them away? No, or... that would be that would be the thing. It would be to not. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 yeah, it's a nice... I, I like the idea, but... <sighs> the the no alternative way. would be to take two shots of everything. So so let's say you were taking shots of people, you know, give them one and keep one yourself. But uh, I think the, 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 the tougher test would be, you know... Just take it and give it away. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we, we, we talk so often about oh, all these pictures that sit there doing nothing. And and yeah, you know, and, and that's tr- as true with film as it is with digital. Except there are more more of them with digital, right? But you, there are still loads of us who've got film photos that just sit there, you know, in, in a box, in a drawer, or whatever. Um, and we don't do anything with our photos. I know there are a lot of people who do print them, but there's still a lot of people that don't do much, or or they get them scanned at the lab like I do, and then they go into a in, into a computer, and you know, one or two of them get printed, one or two of them get seen. You know, why not? Give yeah. the photo. Why not give the photo away, right? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I, 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 I would be, I would be really interested if you do this. I'd be interested to have a go at doing it myself as well, because it, it, um, because you're approaching everything with a different mindset. Because obviously, when we normally would go out taking pictures, we're thinking about, oh, great, I want to try and get this picture. What do I want this picture to be? Blah blah blah. But if you're just giving it away, the picture's not for you. Um, so are you going to approach it differently? Is there? Yeah, it's. I think it'd be a really interesting experiment just to see how that changes up completely how you approach photography and because you need to just not not just find people who are prepared to let you take their photo. You've got to find people who are prepared to let you take their photo and also are then going to want to take the photo you've taken as well. That's like, oh no, you you don't just get to have your photo taken. You now have to take this away with you as well. Um, <laughs> well, I think with instant fill, I think with instant photos, that's probably easier because people just get excited to see them. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, you can give, you can give somebody an instant, you can take a photo of somebody with instant film, you can give them it and you can be away on your, you know, on your toes before they, before it's even <laughs> developed. <laughs> you definitely want to go with Polaroid for that then. Instax is just a bit too quick yeah, for that. Yeah, well, well, I mean, you, you, yes, you could be, you, you could be away on your toes very, very slowly if you're using Polaroid, <laughs> couldn't you? Um, yeah. I like that idea. I like that. I mean, Anil must have another photo walk coming up soon. There must be something going on soon that uh, you can take this out and experiment before you lose the uh, the light that's needed. Do you know that would be a good way of getting my own back on him, wouldn't it? So, yes, absolutely. We'll do this photo stuff, Anil. We'll do a photo across the strangers on the street, but you've got to give away all the photos. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see if he'd do that. I bet, yeah. he, well, I bet he would. I'm not entirely sure he would. But. I, d- I have no idea, but it'd be a good challenge. Um, but a- anyway, you know, yeah, how, how, what about you? What have you been up to? It sounds like you've been doing some interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, actually, just in the last couple of weeks, or last week even, um, uh, up to a couple of bits that have been fun. Um, the first thing was uh, last Tuesday, so a week ago actually, I got to catch up with Matt Murray um, of the uh, Matt Loves Cameras podcast, who um, we've, we've had correspondence with Matt over the years, and he's um, entered in Cheap Shots Challenge with his pictures of Dalmatian, the dog. In fact, Matt won the, um, oh God, what was the theme? I think it was pic- people pictures. Um, Matt won that round of the challenge with his amazing picture of the, um, do you remember, Aid, the one uh, with the uh, model with the big sunglasses and the neon light reflected in the sunglasses at night. Yeah. Yes, uh, I do remember that. Yes, I loved, I really like that photo. 
Yeah, cracking picture. Anyway, so Matt was over from Australia, where he lives, over in Brisbane, was over in the UK visiting um, his wife's family. And I said, oh, if you're about, you know, come and say hello. He wasn't anywhere local to me at all. I think he was up in Shropshire somewhere. But oh, wow, OK. That's but a fair distance. It is a quite a long way away. We drove all the way down um, and we got to hang out for a bit of time, um, spent an evening chilling out. Uh, and that was really nice. He was a uh, lovely company. And um, obviously, we wanted to try and take some pictures. And I- I'm finding increasingly that setting yourself a specific task or challenge is a really good way of actually getting something done so matt had he's he's worse than i am when it comes to buying cameras so he'd already bought cameras online back in australia and had them shipped to his um in-laws there was already cameras here waiting for him (laughs) then he went to a boot sale and bought more cameras so he had this sort of selection of pretty cheap bog standard rubbishy point-and-shoots, um, the, the lower end of the point-and-shoot market. So we went out just into the countryside near where I am, and uh, he said, look, pick a camera out of these two, out of these three cameras we've got, pick a camera, and we'll just both shoot a roll of this expired film that I got for free, um, and let's just do that. And we had, like, 45 minutes to do this. So that's what we did. That was really good fun, um, because you, I was pushed to my absolute limit to try and get through an entire roll of film we were just dashing from place to place and um it's interesting seeing how somebody else sees your environment for a start because i'm looking at stuff going oh this is just all the usual boring scenery <laughs> whereas matt's going oh look at that quaint sign i was like it's just a road sign i don't <laughs> i don't get it look at those hay bales i mean yeah i see them um it's one of those classic things of when, when, yeah, when you're away from home, everything looks exotic, doesn't it? And then if yeah. you're the local person, is like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so that was good fun. I was using a, a Olympus. I don't know. It was an incredibly plastic Olympus, like really lightweight, and I had zero confidence that this camera was doing anything other than opening and closing a shutter um and, and the light was fading as we were shooting so i thought oh these are gonna this is gonna be a real crap shoot i picked the worst i picked the camera that looked like it was the biggest piece of tour out of all of them because why wouldn't you um and i've actually just matt's dropbox the pictures for me because he took the films away and uh got them developed at ag i think and um sent me a link to them that little camera did a pretty good job of exposing those shots pretty well even in the difficult lighting conditions so it just goes to show no matter how rubbish some of these things may look and i said in all honesty i wouldn't pay more than two pounds for that camera if i saw it in a shop um more than capable of taking decent pictures uh so that was fun um it was one of those things though like i said we we had 45 minutes and we had to get back because Sinead was cooking dinner for us. Like, oh, if I'm late, I'm in so much trouble. So we're dashing around. We're leaping in the car, going from one place to the other. And the role of film, it was a troop, old true print film. So oh, it right, yeah. kicking around for quite a while. I thought, okay, well, that's going to be 24 exposures. We can do this. Turns out it was 36 exposures. And then, in accordance with all sorts of law, mine ran up to 38 in the end. So there were a few <laughs> pictures of, like, I'm going to keep taking pictures of Matt until this is done now. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was fun. Like I said, I, I am increasingly finding that having a defined endpoint to what I'm doing 
and not stopping until I've reached the end point is helping. Even if the end point is, okay, I'm going to finish this roll of film. So I went out for a walk with NASA a few weeks back around Oxford as I you know, recorded and put the stuff out on the podcast and got through an entire roll of film then. And it just means I don't have this dog end two or three shots left floating around on a roll of film for the next year until I finish it off. Um, and uh, yeah, and as I mentioned before, I got to play with Matt's um, Instacon. Uh, it's a it's a well-built camera. It's nice. It's, it's It didn't feel quite as premium as I might have liked for the money. I mean, it's made of plastic and um, it's good quality plastic. It's quite big. I suppose it's an Instax wide, so it's it's going to be quite big, but mm, yeah. um, but you definitely wouldn't be putting that in your pocket. Uh, well, you might be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know how big your pockets are. Um, but no, it was nice, and I got to have a look through, and the rangefinder was good. Um, I think if you were using it for portraits and stuff like that, I, I, I would, and I would really love to see how it deals with working with flash and stuff like that, because I think it's uh, situations like that is where a camera like that is really going to shine, where you're pushing at the functionality, where the more basic cameras are, are less useful. Um, yeah, I think portraiture and working with flash and that kind of stuff could be really good fun with it. And I'm sure people are taking great results with it. And um, I know Matt was telling me that they also have a program where if you, this is Mint now, if you um, are shooting with film and sharing pictures of it online, you they will send you packs of films. It's quite a good way of actually, you know, getting your money back on it as well. So those might yeah, expensive yeah. Camera. I think yes, I've I've heard that they do that. Actually, I've read that they do that. It's uh, yeah. It's so. It, I mean, I I think it's. I, I've had a look at it, and at, at times I've been tempted, and I haven't I haven't you know ordered one of these things yet because I don't know that it would work for me in terms of actually using it you know ergonomics because i think does it have it has a range finder that's separate from the viewfinder i think doesn't it yes that's correct and, and yeah. it's also not a coupled range finder so you still have to focus is that right or is it coupled uh no i think it is a coupled range finder but oh, okay I, I think that's right. Yeah, I think it's a coupled. Uh, I, you know, I only play with it for a few seconds, so I'm, I might be wrong. But I think it is a coupled rangefinder, but it is separate from the viewfinder. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know Matt was saying that he's had, he he hasn't had it had super long, obviously. But I know he's one of the issues he's had is getting used to framing up. Um, it's got frame lines in there, but he said he's sometimes find that getting the shop framed up properly has been not the easiest thing with him. Um, but uh, no, it's nice. I mean, it, it's. I suspect it's going to be one of those cameras where um, it's going to evolve into a better and better thing. I think not that the first one isn't a good camera, but it's it's the first iteration of this particular design path, and so yeah. inevitably. Um, it, but, presuming it's successful for mint um then it will get iterated on and get refined and get better as it has done with their tlrs over the years so um yeah it's good it's nice to get nice to get hands on with one because i don't think there's any chance i would be doing it any other way anytime soon <laughs> no well maybe not no that's uh it's uh for one thing there's not many of them around for another thing it's quite a it's quite an expensive experimental purchase isn't it <laughs> yeah so, yeah but wish them good good luck with it anyway i mean it's great to see people you know people like mint pushing at the boundaries of these things of what's actually possible and and uh 
you know, it it would be a bit churlish of us to to say, oh, well, it would be great. Why doesn't somebody make a good instant camera? If if we then said, oh, well, we don't like the one that Mint are making. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, but, absolutely. It, it does everything that people want. You know, it's a fully controllable camera. It's got shutter speed. It's got apertures. It's got everything you want on there. Um, yeah, you know, mm. I, I think it's just that thing of the form factor isn't going to be what everyone's looking for, but that's always going to be the case no matter what camera they make. It's not going to be what everyone's looking for. Well, um, any camera where the medium is that size, right, is is going to be a fairly bulky thing. And so mm-hmm. you're immediately going to fail, fail on that whole modern thing, oh, I've got to have a small camera, you know. You know, uh, if it's bigger than a, a pack of cards, then, you know, it's too big and stuff like that. It doesn't doesn't fit in, in the pocket of my tight jeans next to my phone. You know, it's it's it's, that, it's not that kind of camera, is it? Yeah, the, it's uh, so. So I think it's uh, I, I'm, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of relaxing into it with the instant film, instant cameras that actually they're a bit bigger than perhaps you might want them to be. But yeah, you can get a small one. I mean, my little Fuji, uh, Fuji uh, that shoots the instant mini is 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 a really tiny little thing. It's no bigger than a normal thirty five mil point and shoot, really. So yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's oh, yeah. Oh well, well, good stuff. So any any other any other interesting stories? Any updates? Any uh... yeah. Well, the other thing is, so this weekend just gone. Um, it was my weekend off. I had the boys up, and I had planned on the Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon. Thought I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go out on my bike for a couple of hours on my motorbike. I'm gonna head out. I don't get much chance to do it, but Sinead was at home. The boys were very much plugged into video games. I thought I'm just gonna pop out and have some quality me time. And then it started raining. I'm like, well. <laughs> Nuts to you. Nah. Um, but I wanted to do something. I, you know, when you just think, I, I don't, I, I need to do something. I need to, I want to be creative in some way, shape, or form. So I made myself a camera um, on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> uh, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. Um, I, I have been hoarding um, things for quite a while that look like they could be used as a body for something you know uh, mostly i guess with the idea of making pinhole cameras out of things um any box that seals up fairly well um from you know whether it's a mobile phone box or something like that anything um that just gets thrown in the shed with the view of oh i'll do something with that at some point and i got this old lunch box um which i got free with a video game because uh, i that's uh, how i roll because i'm cool um, <laughs> okay so i got this lunch box that came i got with the fallout 3 uh funnily enough um which is perfect because fallout 3 is all about you know, nailing old stuff together to make new things so i had this lunch box i'd long planned to make something out of and i'd always thought well it'll probably be a pinhole camera because they're the easiest things to make if you've want to make a camera and you've never made a camera before make a pinhole camera because all you need to do is make a light tight box and poke a hole in it and you're done but i wanted to upgrade my game from this so i decided to have a go at making a lensed camera um mm. and i got this old enlarger lens um it's a ross resolux lens from an enlarger i don't know how old it is but it must be pretty old because ross haven't been a functional company in this country since i think pre-war i think they were done or consumed by other companies pre-war and um i held the lens up to the light i sort of stood in my shed looking out so it was dark behind and held some tracing paper up behind it to see roughly how long the focal distance was and it was kind of in the region of the depth of this lunchbox I thought, okay <laughs> this is a yellow um and yeah basically i kind of 
bodged my way through it. I don't have any tools for making anything. Um, so I sort of dr drilled a few holes, few, a few small holes into a vaguely sh circle shape in my lunchbox and then tore out a circle from the middle of it and made a real jaggy mess with that. And um, yeah, anyway, long story short, I bodged together using copious amounts of electrical tape, managed to kind of fix this lens in there. And, um, and I, I had the mission in mind of I wanted to be able to by the end of the day take a picture with this camera and I did I was able to do that um I used paper negatives because one that's just the easiest thing to work with especially when you're testing out but also because of using paper negatives with the very low ISO it meant that I could as a shutter just use a lens cap I made a lens cap for this thing um so that I could just take it off counter five or whatever it needed to be put the lens cap back on and circumvent having to make any kind of a more complex shutter which i uh, haven't figured out how to do that yet and it kind of worked um it's the lens really needs to be pushed back a bit further than it is because at the moment it won't focus the, the focal distance is probably about just over a meter away Right. So just over a meter away is quite nice and sharp, um, but then it blurs out very quickly after that. And I suspect because it's an enlarging lens, so it was only designed, well, I suppose in, on the, in one case it was designed for the light to come through from the back and shine through on the paper <laughs> yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> um, but also probably because it wasn't designed for light to come in from a wide angle, you know, like normal camera lenses, the light's coming in from a, all angles into the lens and being dealt with, whereas with an enlarging lens, it's mostly just coming straight down from above, straight through. Um, so it's you know, it has some interesting characteristics. I think it's fairly safe to say. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like, at the moment, it's just like a a very a big, um, simple Holger, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but, you know, that was a fun way to spend an afternoon, and, and to get a picture out at the end of it was good. Um, and... Uh, I now need to try and evolve it slightly and make it a bit better than it was. But I don't, I, shutters are the hard part, you know. So, so can I, yeah, can I, can I ask? So there's something you said a, a couple of minutes ago, which I think is a really good tip, possibly that I'd like to go back and 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 learn more about. So you said so. You, you said you held the lens up with some tracing paper behind it to figure out what was the. Uh, uh, I, I guess what in 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 more technical terms would be called the flange distance of the of the lens, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, but but so so t tell me tell me how and uh, uh, so so you were able to say you that actually if you taped this lens to the front of this lunchbox, then probably something half in focus would appear at the back of the box. Yeah. Um, so tell tell me more about that. What what exactly do you do there? Well, I mean, uh, like the, the best way of do I, I obviously I am not the best person to get the, the best way of doing things, but um, one of the ways that I've had re recommended to me to do it is to make a tube out of something like toilet roll, something like that you can put the lens in, so you can kind of gradually move the lens further down this tube, so you can and tracing paper or something like that just works like a focusing screen in a large format camera. Oh, right. so, okay, like a ground glass. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So you point the point the lens towards something that's nice and bright, preferably with it darker behind, and adjust the distance between the two. And when it comes in when you can see a sharp picture on the paper, 
then you know that that lens is at the, at the right distance away that you want to mount it at, ideally at infinity. Um, I kind of had half an idea of being able to adjust the focus distance, um, but again, that might be for the Mark II of this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a really simple, easy way of, of just checking that. Um, and you can measure it, and you, you can do these things far more accurately than I did. I, I, I went from the, I sort of did it ass backwards. So I worked out roughly what it would be. Then I mounted it in the camera, and then I took a picture of a scene with some depth to it, so that I could then look at the picture and go, okay, well, what things are in focus and how far away are them, and then measure them afterwards and get an idea of um, you know, what was what my uh, focal length in, uh, was right. going to be. So yeah, um, like, it's not the best way of doing it, but um, but th- th- I, it but it does highlight how easy it is to play around with these things. Um, th- th- there's so many aspects of that, which even if you didn't want to have a go at making a camera, there's so many aspects of just what I did that you could just have a go at doing anyway. Like you could make taking pictures with paper negatives is a really just a fun thing to do anyway and you could do that with any camera that you can hold the shutter open any camera with a bulb shutter you can do so even if you're just cutting down small pieces of paper to put into a medium format camera or even a 35 millimeter camera uh as long as you've got bulb shutter on there you can make little little pictures mm. um and and the nice thing with doing that is that you can take them in and develop them there and then it's really easy um and it's just i don't know uh, photography for me is always at its most fun when you're just playing around and <laughs> yeah around. yeah absolutely yeah um but yeah so that 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 was that was my adventures on um saturday and i i don't feel like i finished that but i feel like it was a good a good step along the route i've cuz i've got a, a large format lens that i would like to try and mount cuz that's got a shutter built in but the flange distance for that is quite a lot longer. And I've got this tube. I was thinking I could use that tube to mount the lens, but um, I, the, the tin lunchbox just doesn't have enough structural integrity to take that as a potential. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure where the next step's going to be with that. But, um, yeah, it's good fun. Making stuff is fun. Uh, one day we're definitely going to get you making a pinhole camera. Aid. It just has to be done. <laughs> we'll see we'll see i already have a pinhole camera somebody else made it it's even better than i could make <laughs> that's true that's true but still nonetheless we need you need to come up here and play in the dark shed because i i think uh, although i'm sure it'll never be a thing you want to go home and do yourself i think you would get a lot of joy just out of the um the making and doing and and sort of seeing the seeing the prints popping up in the in the developing tray there is something quite magical about that it's uh, for, for all that it may feel like it gets over talked it it never gets old well okay <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so all right well we uh i mean good good to 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 chill out and catch up i i have my sipping whiskey beside me that uh that i'm gulping down um and uh you know it, it's uh we, we've got some content for today's show haven't we in the, in the loosest possible sense of the word, yes. Well, <laughs> well to be fair, I mean, we, we've done pretty well recently. So to have a you know, a slightly more relaxed show, I, I, not feel, I don't feel like we're cheating the audience too much today. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like when you come home from a three-week holiday with your family. You're just like, I don't need to see the kids today. I've just spent three <laughs> weeks taking them around Europe. They're fine. <laughs> I'm glad that's not just me. No, it's absolutely not just you. No, it's, it's every parent ever, I think. <laughs> Well, every dad ever, anyway. Sometimes, sometimes mums feel a little bit more attached, don't they? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we we were we were kicking some ideas around, and um, one of the things that uh, I, I'm always uh, a little bit wary of um, in this world of podcasting, film photography, uh, as we do, is that sometimes it feels that we um, we we run the risk of of being inside a sort of closed group. And 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 sometimes this is only rarely because I, you know, I, I mean I've met in the last three plus years of doing Sunny Sixteen, um, we've met so many great people. Um, but it's all, but it, I, I sometimes feel that I was like, well, there must be other people doing film photography as well. So um, I took a chance earlier today and I googled film photography, just the two words, um, and according to Google, in point nine eight seconds, uh, Google found approximately. Eight and a half billion results. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to go through all of those. So, right so there now. are that's right. So there are more there are more web results for the search term film photography uh, than there are people on the planet. So that means that the the average the average film photography website is more than one per person for the whole of the global population. <laughs> At least I think that's what Google's telling me. Yeah, seems yeah, a, probably. Seems seems a little bit exaggerated. Um, but I figured, you know, what, what, you know, let, let's break, let's break this up. And, and as I say, I mean, we've met so many people over the years, but let, let, let's have a look, uh, you know, cast our net a little broader, a little wider today and, and see what we come up with. Um, and so, you know, I reckon we should probably just take it in turns and see, and see, see what we come up. Yeah. So see, see what catches our eye as we go through the results of this search. Um, I mean, the first thing I'd say is that a lot of the articles are, very much about helping people who are new to film photography um yeah there are websites and uh, how-to guides and youtube channels or at least youtube videos anyway um for example have you ever heard of a youtube channel with somebody called jessica whittaker have i no but then i i'm too old for youtube so that means nothing <laughs> too old for youtube you can't be too would. old no, but I don't. I I listen to stuff. I don't watch stuff very much. So I I use YouTube occasionally. But I know there are a lot of really good YouTube channels around, especially for film photography. Actually, so is Jessica somebody who you've come across before, Aid? No, not in the slightest. That's what makes it. Uh, that's what makes it new. Um, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, I I have no idea whether the content that Jessica puts out is is uh, is 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 good or not because i i you know i i'm doing this from a sort of numbers game and looking at it from you know from a search result rather than having done lots and lots of research uh i, I can tell you that she has 155,000 uh subscribers to her youtube channel uh which is you know a couple more than we have for our podcast mm -hmm. just a couple. Um, only marginally um and uh, so you know that that's good uh, uh let's have a look at what she publishes and we do this in real time what is it that jessica <laughs> does okay so uh okay it is a lot of it's all about photography by the looks of it um but and, and some of it happens to be about film photography so there you go so yeah the, i think i uh that's 
you know, some extra stuff there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, I think what you were saying at the beginning is so true. Like we, it's very easy to picture the film community as being, well, quite small and quite niche. And then when you start looking outside, you realize there are so many people shooting film in different ways all over who are just not part of the conversation that's going on on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook. They aren't necessarily engaged with that, but there's so many different people out there doing it um, for for all their different reasons. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any getting away from the fact that film is quite hot at the moment. Yeah, and the fact that we've seen over the last few years um, numerous at this point celebrities being you know talking about their film cameras and um, being photographed saying how much they like likers or contacts or whatever it may be it has it has broadened the people who have picked up cameras whether they've stuck with them or not it has and, and made them um, more of a trendy thing haven't they yeah, absolutely, but that's got to be a good thing, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah there's, there's there's a, a, another YouTube channel here by um, somebody called Sarah or Sarah Daichi, somebody else I've never heard of before who has just over half a million subscribers um, and has published, uh, actually, uh, this, this seems to be a general tech-savvy type site, um, but uh, it's also, um, yeah, she, she's she's done stuff about film photography. It's just, just trying to, as you say, like bro- broaden the conversation conversation yeah trying to make sure that we don't get you know to be a bit too much self-referencing um it's not only ladies that have youtube channels there is at least one fella who i've never heard of who's got a youtube channel um and then we do but we do see some of the things that we know so um uh, analog cafe is one of the top ranking uh, results on my search i mean my search is going to be skewed to me isn't it yeah well i i live in the uk and that's going to affect the results and and google no doubt at this point has 20 years of history on me and what i like <laughs> so so there's there's definitely going to be uh, a, an impact on, on that um yeah or from that i should say on, on what i what i uh, what what i uh, get as results uh but you know analog cafe um is, is something we've talked uh, uh, about but we mentioned at least before on the, on the podcast isn't it uh, the, the website being analog.cafe um so uh yeah uh something there um well, that that was a link to a, f- a a blog post called a beginner's guide to film photography 2019 edition and it says it's a 47 minute read <laughs> Who has wow. the time? This is why the internet's never going to catch on. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hey, so yeah, the the there's uh, yes, so so stuff stuff out there. Right, what's that? Come on, you pick pick something out of the search results. Come on, what uh, catch, what's catching your eye? I mean, I think I'm going to go sort of more generally. There's certainly in my search results. There's certainly um, a preponderance of articles coming up with numbers in them. Um, whether it's here we go, sort of 90, 94 inspiring tips. For film photography, uh, eight reasons film photog- or eight reasons to go back to analog. There's a lot of. There still seems to be a lot of articles that need to justify why film photography is a thing. Um, I think that's quite interesting. It, you know, we, how many years are we now since digital really kicked in? Was that really in two thousand and two? 
2001, 2002, somewhere around their age, when digital really became a... I, I think maybe where it became readily accessible in 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 the sense that the the products were mature enough, the the price point was low enough, you know, pro- probably around there somewhere. I mean, I'm sure there'll be people that tell you they bought their first camera in 1997 or something like that. But um, I think you know, digital photography for the masses, it's got to be somewhere around there somewhere. I'd have thought. Yeah, so it's it's interesting that a lot of these conversations are. are um... Uh, are still kind of grumbling on about f- comparing the one against the other, and um, uh, you know it's difficult with the internet. Cause, uh, so the one I'm looking at now, okay, is um, what is this website? Canva.com. I've never heard of it in my life. Uh, Film photography is not dead. Eight reasons to go analog in an increasingly digital world. I mean, it's um, there are a lot of articles like this around, and um, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. But there's there's so many reasons why we all do this hobby anyway that um, any of these articles that try and nail it down I think are invariably going to miss the point for half the people reading them. Um, and this, whilst there's good things about them, I think some of the they, they still propagate some of the fallacies I think that go along with um, film photography. So uh, what's reason number three? On no, they, they've got you nailed. No reason number one is old cameras are fun to collect. That's <laughs> that, that's totally you. That is right? totally uh, me. That's true. And, and and some of our listeners, and including some of our friends, you know, it, 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 I think it's Hamish, isn't it, that says he has two two hobbies: photography and cameras. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm pretty pretty sure I've heard Hamish say that. Um, Analog cameras provide insight into how photos are taken. Reason number two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was number three? You were going to you were going to say number three. Yeah, number three uh, is you know make you be, film film photography forces you to be more meticulous. No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. I mean, <laughs> Clearly, they didn't interview you for this article, did they? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it can make you more meticulous, but then like you see people out there with all the lenses and the filters and all the gear out taking amazing landscape shots on digital, and I know those people are being more meticulous than I've ever been in my entire life or ever will be um you know it's I mean like I said articles like this they're all a bit clickbaity and they're fine and fun but um they do seem to um they seem to stir up <laughs> less useful conversation than, than anything else I saw recently um uh a, an article I think it was amateur photographer was sharing um talking about buying film cameras you know some cameras to get into and um just the, sort of the knee-jerk response to it was like oh you can't buy those cameras that cheap it's like well no i mean actually they're talking about a broad range of cameras like um yeah the, a lot of articles are just still trying to drag people in to pick sides on um one side or the other and I'm surprised that that's still much of a conversation at this point. You just thought the you just thought that search results would be pushing that stuff down by now, wouldn't you? Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you'd, you'd hope maybe anyway. Well, yeah. It's it's a big wide world out there. It, you know, it's like like yeah, going back to reason number six in this article. With film, you never know what's in store for you. That's really not true, right? That is that is absolutely a choice you can make in shooting particular types of film and particular types of cameras. But, you know, it's absolutely impossible. It's absolutely possible to get a very, very consistent response with film, isn't it? So, mm. 
Yeah, I see. Yeah. There's an interesting, very recent um, article. If I can just find, I was clicking on one second ago, and I've lost it now. Um, is on the oh, where did I hang on one second? I'm gonna find it because it's uh, da, 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 da. I'm really bad at clicking things and then going away from them. Uh, sorry listeners this is terrible audio this is people clicking around on the internet I feel very well. okay so this is a very recent one on f-stoppers and this is talking about the filmo map now I find this interesting so this is it says it's a filmo map review I'm not sure how much of a review it is it's no, just Duncan has one of those doesn't he exactly this is what Duncan from Silverpan uses to um, do a lot of his developing so it's this really impressive uh, very funky looking machine um, for developing film uh, and I think that this is interesting because this speaks to the fact that people are getting more prepared to spend money, significant amounts of money on this as a hobby. Um, so, you know, the price tag for this one here, it was it three and a half thousand euros. That's a lot of money um, mm. for, to, for a job that you can do with a Patterson tank and a dart bag, you know, there's there's a big. Yeah, that that's a slightly unfair comparison, though, isn't it? Because you're talking about working at different scales and within different parameters. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But, um, but, uh, but still, I think you know this is this is probably being bought by some people who are just using it for home development. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. It is absolutely chalk and cheese. But but what I'm saying is that it's. I think. It's interesting. There was another product recently. Um, I cannot remember what the name of it was, which is bad, but um, that was kickstarted recently for um, scanning film. Uh, uh, it was a um, higher end device, but you um, put the film in and you kind of can roll the film through and take the pictures. And so it sort of very efficiently um, digitizes pictures. Uh, and I know that. Um, Bill Manning over at Studio C41 did a comparison using that and... Uh, Is it called the Film Toaster? <laughs> the Film Toaster? I don't... No, no, it's just I was having a conversation just yesterday evening about a product called Film Toaster, which is a, which is a, a high-end scanning product. Uh, no, I don't think it's called the film. I could be wrong. Hang on a second. Oh, my God. This is... I feel so bad now. Um, but... Um, but anyway, the, the point of it was that um, the you know this was not again it wasn't a cheap scanning in a, a negative supply mark one is the name of the thing. So it's, it's oh, okay, a different product, different okay. product. Um, and I think this was I think it's about three hundred pounds. It was oh, right, no, the film toaster is three thousand dollars. Well, actually, it, if you buy all the extra bits as well, yeah, yeah. It's I mean it, they're not cheap. I think people. There is more money being spent, and it feels like a few years ago, it was there was a real like feeling of oh, film photography. One of the big draws of it is it has to be cheap. We you know it's um, we can get the cameras cheap, pick everything secondhand. Cheap is the thing, and everything's got to be a bargain. If it's not a bargain, it needs to you know not be around. And I think that there is um, an, a, an increasingly larger tolerance for the fact that new things need to cost money to make them work and i think that's great and i think the fact that things like the uh, negative supplies mark one which i think kickstarted very quickly was not a cheap product um you know we're increasingly seeing more uh tolerance for 
paying a fair price for a good quality thing and the people want these things so i think that's really good and i mean whether or not the um filmomat is going to be bought by a lot of people I'm, I'm not sure because that that is quite niche although it looks so cool um but um yeah i, I think that's really <laughs> interesting because i think if you went back five years i don't think there'd have been enough of a market for any of these things um you know certainly not things like negative the negative supply mark one i just don't think that would have flown five years ago no i i think i think you're right it's yeah there, there's definitely some of this stuff coming through now which which wouldn't have been viable at that point yeah um and it's good and it's good to see it's good to see right on to the next google search result in in the little box that google gives you called people also ask there is the question what is the best 35 millimeter film camera and do you know what there's an answer isn't that cool <laughs> Does it say, all, ask Hamish Gill? completely negates the whole need for any podcasts ever again on film photography because we now know the answer so do you want to get sh- sh- shall i take you through it oh please do i need to know okay. what is the best yep. so the best the best overall 35 millimeter film camera is the leica mp <laughs> um quite why it doesn't say it just lists best pro camera nikon f6 best for hobbyists oh here's one for you mate best for hobbyists olympus om1 oh well there you go Woo! <laughs> best vintage workhorse is the pentax k1000 okay best for street work the canon net ql17 g3 have you got one of those? I've I've got a Canon QL17, not the G3, which was like the the top of the range model. But I got the next one down. They're very nice. Ah, right, okay. Um, uh, best kit for kids: the Lomography Constructor F. You, you've got you've had one of those, haven't you? Yes. Or not? <laughs> it's a real piece of crap. <laughs> it's oh, not. Oh, good. That's why. You, okay, fair enough. Uh, best for budget: Canon AE1. Hmm. See this, but the- there you go. Indeed, so, so it's good to know that we've got a definitive answer as provided by Google, the god of the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another one of those things, isn't it? This is another one of the things that the internet is so good at providing with. And I I, I feel for people, because um, the fact that that's popped up as a top line, like people have searched for this, like it's clearly something that a lot of people might want to get into film, might want to give it a go. Um, and so they're going to search for that. What's the best camera? And that, that's an unanswerable question. And the fact that the, there's people out there answering it, it's like, oh, no. Um, yeah, yes. Well, as you say, yes, you know, light, light, light the Hamish touched paper and retire. But it, it it's... It, I don't know. Yeah, it's the same. You get the same question for digital. I mean, it's not specific to film photography, is it? You get the same question in digital photography all the time. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and no doubt in gaming. What? Yeah, what's the best console gaming platform I can buy? And blah 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 blah. I suppose, yeah. but with digital, to a certain extent, I mean, all right, you brand aside. But if you, okay, well, if you look at just the different brands. There are certain qualitative things that you can point to. Go well. This has more megapixels. This, you know, has faster. You know, there are certain quantifiable things that just don't make so much sense when you look at a film camera. I mean, you, you, like you look at the um, the best professional film cameras, the Nikon F6, and what was it? The, the best vintage, whatever it was, was the Pentax K1000 or something like. You know, fundamentally, those two cameras are doing exactly the same thing. Um, they are both film SLRs shooting onto 35mm. And I'm sure the F6 has more bells and whistles 
Um, but aperture, shutter speed, and thirty-five millimeter film—they're both doing the same thing. Um, yeah, but okay, but you're you're a motorbiker, yeah, right? Yes. So you know the you know what you're comparing there is some sort of you know twenty year old fifty cc starter bike versus you know something that is a a state of the art road racing bike. They, they, those may do exactly the same thing in that uh, they will get you from A to B on two wheels. Um, the experience of using them is somewhat different, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but the experience of using them is different. But I say the analogy falls down because a 50cc motorbike can't do what a racing bike can do, whereas the K1000 can do, you know, any picture you could take with a Nikon, or I suppose unless you're using... Um, any, any single picture that you'd want to do slowly. I don't think the analogy does break down because... Yeah, I, I beg to differ, good sir, because yeah, actually you're still going from A to B on your motorbikes, but one of them will do it slowly and the other one will do it fast. And you know, uh, and that's kind of how the cameras are, isn't it? An OM1, it'd be, it takes amazing photographs, but a Nikon F6 is the one you want if you're taking sports photography uh, you know, at a different level, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yes. I suppose if you, if you need sh- burst fire, then yes, that's true. Um but apart from that one thing, unless you're shooting, unless you need to burst fire with things, everything else is the same, though, right? I mean, am I missing anything <laughs> fundamental? You know, it's... I I don't I don't think so. But then again, I haven't read all the clickbait articles on the internet <laughs> yet. So we'll gloss over twelve reasons photographers still choose to shoot film. Um, we'll we'll gloss over a few others. Interesting. There's a, a blog post on an on an HP blog site for well, why photographers are returning to film then we got some good old favorites the fpp excellent and ilfordphoto.com uh and then oh here's one to click on six reasons why film photography is on the rise again here's some more people doing our work for us is <laughs> one of the reasons do you think because of the sunny 16 podcast uh, it has to be it's the only logical explanation actually can i just say before we move on from this uh september this month this is the 10 year anniversary for the fpp i think that is amazing is that wow yeah okay. um uh you know they, they were well done them for doing it when nobody else was oh god so so far before anybody else was as well um michael and the rest of the team there uh congratulations guys on making 10 years uh yeah, uh, it's amazing uh, we will definitely never do that <laughs> we will. Ooh, you never know we'll, <laughs> I, we've done all right so far <laughs> yeah that's true but um yeah i you know, i'm I am just such a huge fan of what they do over there, um, and it's become so much more than just a podcast. Um, they, I, I do think that they have made a significant difference. They were there during the darkest times of film photography, and um, promoting with enthusiasm and expertise, and just uh, you know, getting people back and engaged in it. And um, yeah, I just want to really a big shout out to them for hitting the ten year mark. Spectator. I hope yeah, they're going to do something ab- big ab- to celebrate it. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, yes. Okay. Right. Film photography is on the rise because um, film produces a tangible end product. I, I think that's right. right. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's a good reason for film to be on the rise. The, the tangible yeah. end product is important, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Here's here's a curious one. Film provides a competitive advantage. 
particularly in if you're making a living out of it because you can differentiate your product your 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 fashion photography or or your wedding photography by shooting on film and you know we we've we've spoken to sandra haven't we and that's exactly what she does yeah yeah i i'm i would be interested to uh know how much of it i mean i'm sure it's a nice to have thing isn't it i think you it's it's an icing on the cake thing but Again, I think if you're taking beautiful pictures, uh, most people don't care what medium you're shooting on, unless they are specifically engaged with the hobby themselves or unless they um, are hipsters. (laughs) Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Number three, film requires a more cerebral approach. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I so so I I I do object to these these ones that that try and cast film as being something that you need to try harder at or or you know the uh, the, the 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 classic one that goes out film slows you down mm. and, and I know that when people say that a lot of the time they mean it in a positive sense but um uh, and that. Uh, in a way that I don't have necessarily all the self-discipline I need when I've got a digital camera in my hand to be to to be that mindful about what I'm doing because it's easy just to yeah because there's no there's basically no cost um it, it, you can do what you like can't you um so so uh, and and I have learned from doing film photography to be more mindful uh, whether I'd call that a cerebral approach I don't know but actually be a bit more focused on what I'm doing and then maybe walk away if I put the camera to my eye and I don't and I think that's not a shot I'll walk away and I I, I do that nowadays with my film with my digital cameras sometimes yeah <laughs> not, not as often as I should but sometimes yeah I, I think that is the main I mean I think the whole slowing down thing but putting that aside for a second I think what it has made a difference for for me is that it makes me more selective over the pictures I'll take uh, when you're shooting digital there's no cost you may as well take the picture it would be stupid not to take the picture it might come out better than you think take the damn picture it's cost you literally nothing <laughs> and that's not the case with film um, yeah. but the fact that film puts the brakes on that for me has become a bit of a counterproductive thing because you, you know you you can go too far the other way um, and perhaps miss out on pictures because you think oh, I'm not sure whether it's worth taking that um, and so you just don't take as many pictures and um, so yeah I, but no I, I, I do disagree fairly fundamentally with the whole like, notion that film shooting film slows you down and I think it's one mm. of those statements that again it, it probably puts more people off than it encourages yeah, yeah absolutely yes yes i think possibly it's counterproductive okay here's one uh from this person who wrote this article has clearly seen the jalubatel um, film cameras are special <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the jalubatel is very special um it certainly is it certainly is uh and uh yeah well okay um lots of cameras are special aren't they you don't have to be a film camera to be special some of the some of them are special because there's not many of them left right or or even not many of them ever made in the first place i suppose mm. do you, um, uh, you you're not somebody who i, I would um, well I, actually that's you love you you, know, you really like your guitars and your cars uh, but you're not somebody who is um that you don't get that attached to things in general. I don't know what the correct no. term for that is. 
I um, quite like my wife. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have described your wife as a thing. <laughs> oh, good point. That's she- on you, not me. <laughs> um, I mean, like, because obviously like, the film cameras are old. Is this a thing? That, are we just attaching more value to them and more? Okay, oh, they're they're just because I read this on an article recently, like this evening. Like, oh, f- film cameras are nicer items and they're more worthwhile. Whereas digital cameras just aren't. They're just not interesting things. But that's just because that they're, they're new. In fifty years' time, are we going to look back on? digital cameras from now and feel differently um i I don't think being a film camera inherently gives it any sudden great value Uh, yes there are i mean obviously i have lots of cameras i really like but i know that um the late range uh slrs you know the the ones from the late 90s which to all intents and purposes look and feel exactly the same as a modern dslr um people don't feel particularly strongly attached to them um but they're still great do, do they i don't know i mean i think i think you can appreciate some some of the older cameras uh, uh you can uh, you can appreciate in multiple ways mm. so you can appreciate the some of the the, the ergonomic design or, or lack of mm. <laughs> um you could appreciate the the mechanical engineering uh that goes into them uh you know, uh, and uh, and and that can make a difference to the way you feel when you're using the camera, and therefore have uh, at the very least an indirect Im- uh, impact on the fo- photos you make. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's true. I think it's true for me. Um, you did, you 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 said I'm not the sort of person who gets attached to stuff. Um, you're right. I'm not. A thing is a thing, um, and. Uh, you know, if 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 a thing uh, is no longer there because it's been broken or or whatever, then I'll I'll pick up another thing and use that. Um, uh, and that's that's basically I think what I think about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, yeah. I, I, I think it's Forrest Gump, isn't it? it is, and that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know so film cameras are special for a variety of reasons but yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't i don't think it's surprising that a lot of people who are um keen film photographers that their chosen digital brand if they are shooting any digital tends to be fuji a lot of film shooters shoot with fuji and i think that's because the aesthetics and the um style and feel of those cameras does harken back to you know their analog roots more well maybe not their analog roots yeah, but analog no, so, roots so in general I, I i think there is i think there are some things about the current range of digital fuji cameras that are similar to uh slightly older film cameras and 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 that is in the the ergonomics primarily you know, uh, a hardware dial that's got writing on it, you know, lenses that, um, not so much with the Fuji X lenses actually, but lenses that have a hard stop for infinity. Um, you know, but, but, you know, lenses, let's, let's not go there because they don't really, but lenses that have an aperture ring on them that you can click. Yeah. (laughs) I like, I like that. I I like it. 
um, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, you know, um, with with digital cameras, it's a small mirrorless camera. You can't see what the settings are. And it's like, yes, you can, because you've got a knob there for that, a knob there for that, a dial there for that. <laughs> All you've got to do is look at the thing, mm. right? Yeah, you, you don't need a, a, a 55-inch plasma screen on the back of your camera to be able to see the settings if you've got hardware, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I think for that, and that's one of the things that attracts me to Fuji cameras as digital cameras. Um, I like the way they work. And I like the way that yeah. I like I like the things that you do. The the the, the tangible way you use them. Um, uh, yeah, your mileage may vary, as they say in the Americas. Yeah, it's. I mean, I suppose a lot of it comes down to whether you view view the camera just as a tool or as something that you as you were saying earlier about you know you like the camera just for the camera as well because i think the design path of cameras did very much go down the form following function which is why we ended up with these more ergonomic molded plastic lumps which were the early dslrs late slrs um that were very functional you know they work really well those cameras work really well they you know they fit well i say fit in anybody's hands mostly fit in bigger people's hands i guess but um <laughs> but you know but from an aesthetic point of view it, yeah i don't think they're a face only a mother could love but um uh, uh, maybe maybe yeah. maybe we'll have to see right okay here, here's a slight sideways step then i have just uh on amazon on the Amazon website, I have, uh, across all departments, searched on film photography. Um, interestingly, the first thing that comes up is a book. Um, I tell you what, I'm going to put quotes around film photography. Cause I, I think it's put Amazon's. quotes around books. <laughs> yeah, I, well, no, because I think Amazon is, is, is just looking at what Amazon, Amazon is showing me. I think it's, it, it, it's treated them as different words. Uh, okay, so the first one is still a book. It's called Mastering Film Photography. That's good. Second one is called Retro Cameras. Third one, oh, third one is Chris Marquardt's Film Photography Handbook. I've never Sorry. heard of him. Who's that guy? Apologies, apologies, Monica. I always get that wrong. Chris Marquardt and Monica Andre, the authors, the co-authors of the Film Photography Handbook. I've um, heard of Monica, but the other guy doesn't really yeah. <laughs> uh yeah a lot of those a lot of those are books actually um that's interesting now that's what amazon has chosen to do so uh, oh no um two rolls of kodak color plus 35 mil um there we go um uh, yeah so so you know actually lots of lots of books are on film photography coming through from amazon that's a that's a less satisfying search actually there's no <laughs> i thought we might get some nice good gadgets and stuff like that let's do the one that came up in the google so it's 35 mil and instant film photography it's just full of instant film and 35 mil film <laughs> Yeah, that's a dead end as well. What do you got? <laughs> well, I tell you, what I what I've enjoyed recently, and again, this is this is I, I've seen one of these just pop up on my uh, upper level of my Google search results. Um, but it's talking about um, the trend. The, the particular article I've just seen is talking about the trend in Japan for young people getting into um, film photography. Uh, but just in general, um, young people coming into it uh, I think is wonderful um, I and it's, it's really good to see that coming to the fore um, and how they're engaging with it and how they're engaging with it in quite a different way to the way that you know people coming back to it 
uh, or born again photographers or whatever it may be is um that's been very satisfying to see um and i don't know whether it's the whether instax has been a gateway drug for that certainly in japan where instax has been huge um or whether as previously mentioned whether the celebrity side of things has just encouraged more people to pick that up but um yeah i think that's really great i think i think the one thing that's a bummer is that um we're getting so many young people who want to shoot film want to give it a go um and want to experience the hobby um at a time when the hobby is getting more and more expensive and getting hold of cameras that they may want to use is getting more and more costly um even with cheap point and shoots and stuff like that i i was chatting to uh, matt about this and he was saying that um he went to buy an olympus mu2 really popular point and shoot yeah. camera very and um he picked one up and he thought he got a real bargain um i think he paid a hundred dollars for it i think it was dollars mm. doesn't matter anyway he's like, oh, i've got a real bargain here anyway he hadn't read the listing properly thing turned up and it was a zoom model which are the oh, less right. desirable okay. ones yes but he was still able to sell that for 180 dollars so wow. even the price on those has crept up and um and it's, it's back to that thing of we need new cameras for for all the new people to shoot because yeah there are lots of old cameras around and that's great and that's fine but we need new cameras for all these new people coming into film to shoot um who don't you know, don't always care about old vintage stuff the way that we do they're not as interested in that they just want to get out and shoot pictures and have fun and um you know it's it's been a while since we've heard from um the uh, reflex camera guys and how that's going and obviously you know bellamy's still working diligently away quietly on his project um i even saw this week uh it was all a bit vague and i didn't i did look for other details but um even ag were kind of floating the idea of well maybe we'll have a go at making a camera if we get funded um it seemed to be a little thin on details. So, there, did you see that? Age? <laughs> um, I, I didn't know. Um, I, I know that they are still still in their. Um, is it correct to call it crowdfunding? I suppose yes. it is. They're still yeah. in their crowdfunding campaign, aren't they? Um, and, and good luck to them. I, I don't think they've quite met the goal yet, um, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I hope that they do for 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 their sake. Um, so, it, it's. Um, yeah, uh, well, we we could we could talk at length, and we have done in the past, and I'm sure we will in the future of the things that need to be done in order to make this sustainable. Um, you know, in in the properly long term, um, uh, and I don't know that anybody is as apart apart from <laughs> apart from Fuji Instax, I don't know that anybody has cracked the the profitability angle sufficiently yet to 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 generate a long term return on investment, but. Um, we'll uh, we'll have to see, I suppose. Yeah, you know, and yeah, you know, it'd be good be good to see it'd be good to see these things coming through, especially yeah. You know, you're talking earlier on about the the film and mat and other things, yeah, you know, the scanning devices and stuff like that. All all of that stuff is going to be increasingly important. So yeah, so. and I mean, um, we are seeing like like the um, recently there was a uh, uh, Kickstarter thing, or it was a crowdfunded thing for um, a. Uh, 3D camera, the Reto, I think it's called Reto, Reto, um, yeah, that yeah. was successfully kickstarted and successfully delivered quickly. Um, you know, again, it, it's a 
fun toy camera. We're not talking about high-end thing here, but they did it. They kickstarted. They got it out there. Um, and the Instacon, you know, that's that. So there, there are complete cameras coming out with all the bits working. You know, it, it's, um, people are solving the problems that are out there to be solved. And uh, yeah, as you said, we've talked about it a lot in the past, but um, it feels increasingly like we are getting to the point where someone is going to just go, yep, here's here's the thing. We made it. Ta-da. Hmm. Yes. So that's what the internet says about film photography. <laughs> have we learned something? What have I learned? I've learned that um, some, of the, some of the young people who have film photography channels on YouTube probably... Um, prob- probably are more aesthetically pleasing than us. I haven't had a chance to review their content yet, so hopefully their content is sound. <laughs> well, what else have we learned? That there are people, you know, that, that clearly there's a lot of people out there doing stuff that uh, that we uh, that, that goes beyond our experience and beyond our network of people and beyond our immediate community. So that's a good thing, right? And we, should, I, I think, we should try and plug into that a bit more. Um, it's good to see some of the the friends of the show getting their results up there in 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 the Googles. Uh, you know, the, the, be it the FPP or be it Analog Wonderland or or whoever who, who's up there in the in the results. Um, is there anything else we can draw as, as as notes of interest or conclusions from our little ramble there? Um, I think I think the thing is that anybody who's because you know again you, know, you think about this from the point of view of somebody who maybe is already shooting digital or maybe is just thought, oh, you know, I want to look into this. It's, it's interesting seeing what they're going to be faced with um, as their first search, result and first search results when they do just Google film photography. And um, it's really nice to see that there are so many places, as you said, like the YouTube channels, people out there doing stuff for beginners. Um, a lot of There's a lot of great entry points for people into the hobby now, which I think is really, really important. And that's what you want to see pop up first. You want to see, yeah. oh, this is how I can get into And then there's, it's nice to see that, you know, people like Analog Wonderland and the Photographer's Gallery and all these guys getting their adverts in there as well. Um, and, I, and I, you know, and hopefully we'll see fewer of the 10 reasons why you should do this, not that kind of article hopefully they'll they'll slowly whittle away um but there are there are so many good resources now so many i mean so many of our friends and their amazing websites you know hamish and m and um steven and you know there's there's so many good resources out there um so i think anybody coming into the hobby for the first time now the, the only problem they've got really is just narrowing down where they go in the first place which is a luxury problem to have. <laughs> yep, certainly is. It certainly is. Well, where do we go from there? That's that's pro- probably probably sufficient for today. Uh, or unless you have uh, any any other business at all. I don't think so. No, I think um, I'm sure there's other stuff that I should have remembered and have forgotten. Um, but no, I think that's uh, I think that's good. We've been we've been here a while. We've kept these good people long enough. I think. Okay, well, you're you're on. You're the master of of recording and editing today, so uh, I can close the show. But I have no idea what you're going to play us out with. <laughs> oh, the the classic and always best music from Rock Age. You know that. Oh, okay. Well, in which case, then I do know how to close the show. Whether or not I can do it all in one take is another matter. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you, Aid. I believe in you. One hundred and sixty-seven okay. shows. You can do this. 
Okay, belief I'll accept. I would prefer confidence based on continued success, though. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot offer you that. Okay, we have been the Sunny 16 Podcast. Um, You can get in touch with us on the internet, because we're the Sunny 16 Podcast everywhere. Um, uh, And a really good place to start is sunny16podcast.com, our website. Um, New up on the website are the uh, results of our recent assignments. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to go look at those, uh, there's some fun stuff there. And it's not just us, is it? It's our listeners as well. Yeah, absolutely. We've got the stuff from Hillary, from Monica, from Matthew Joseph, and from Ian Nutt as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, so, yes, some, some of those people, especially, especially Ian, um, I think it's the first time I've ever seen a photo of him. I've seen lots of his work, but it's the first time I've ever seen a photo of him, so thank you. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> start off with the uh, the website. Um, also on the website, should you feel so inclined, uh, is a link to our coffee uh, page uh, where um, you could buy us a cup of coffee um, uh, and uh, support the show by donating us uh, a small amount of your money. Um all the money uh, goes to uh, improving the show. And we've got some ideas in the works, haven't we, Graham? bit too early to talk about yet, but uh, the, there's some stuff in the pipeline that we're hoping to launch uh, in, in the coming short while. Um, and it'd be really good to... Yeah, and, and that is made possible by the donations of our rather generous listeners um, who are helping support the show. Um, so thank you to everybody there. And, and if you're so minded, please go and click on that link, especially. <laughs> Um, we will play you out now uh, with uh, Rachel's band Rocker. Uh, their album "Promises I Should Have Kept" uh, you can get on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, uh, probably some others as well. Um, uh, as always, it has been an honour and a privilege to talk to you all, and we will be back next week. Goodbye. Bye.